and wherever you're listening, <clears throat> however you're listening on this smoking hot Thursday, thanks for making us part of your day. Show is brought to you each Thursday by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and get 15 free spins in the slot machine for a chance to win. $1 million. You can always text us and be a part of the show by uh, texting 936-6262, powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, which is located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, the number one GM dealership in the province. Got a great show lined up. We're going to hear from A.J. Jakubek, who is the... Uh, Radio play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. That'll be coming to you before 4.30. Ben Hebert joins us just after 4.30. He was on the course with Freddie Couples in a uh, golf tournament in the Calgary area. We'll talk with uh, him about being on the course with a PGA legend. And uh, maybe we'll uh, talk a little CFL football with Ben, too, because he is a former Regina Thunder player that still loves his CFL and NFL. Brian Raymond will uh, talk to us from Flowing Springs, so we got a little bit of golf. And then after five, Luke Mullinder will stop in for a couple of segments. We'll hear from Ryan Murray as he brought the Stanley Cup to White City today, right to my backyard. So uh, he um, uh, guessed it with our own Sean Kleisinger. He's got uh, the cup down there. In fact, I think it's done now down there. They had two hockey games at the Communiscate there, the Blue Rink, just off of Highway 1 East. And before the show's done, we hear from Arash Madani and Dwayne Mason. So we got a real busy, busy show. Uh, do we have our guests lined up? We do. All right. So the Regina Red Sox, uh, they are neck and neck with the Moose Jaw Miller Express. I think this is Moose Jaw's best season ever, if I'm not mistaken. They're in first place. Your Regina Red Sox are in first place. Tonight they meet in Moose Jaw. Now, Zinger, is mm-hmm. this the 11th matchup of the year or 10th? I believe this is the 11th because yes. the season series is tied right now. So the Five. winner, yeah, Five the winner, apiece. yep, winner. they get a trophy. Yes, and they probably get the division, right? Like most likely, they Who, get the division. Right? Whoever wins tonight clinches first place there because it does not matter what happens in the last game of the year because if uh, the winner tonight ends up being tied with the loser tonight. They mm-hmm. have the season series tiebreaker. So winner of tonight takes the cake for first place. There you go. So double dip there for um, for the Regina Red Sox. And let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. Great time to order Western Pizza. We're joined by our friend Dylan Edmonds. Um, hi, Dylan. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Went to school with your dad. You probably didn't know that. Your dad taught both my kids at Riffle High School, too. You probably didn't know that either. You probably don't care either, do you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Dylan, you are uh, now, now, here's the conundrum that the Regina Red Sox face. Guys like Nick Bach and a few others, uh, they are having to report back to their schools. Their schools, Div 1 schools, want them back so that uh, they're in the fold for those programs. So, basically, they don't care about your playoff run. Do you, Dylan Edmonds, fall in the same category? Uh, I do. I'm gonna have to report to school on the on the 12th here, coming up. So uh, a lot of the schools want their players back early, so we can we can get checked into our, our places and get ready to go for the season and and be there for the first day of school. So yeah, Nate had to leave early. A couple other guys had to leave early, but unfortunately, I do too. But we're hoping that we can bring a couple guys out and finish the season out strong. So you, uh, what school do you go to? Where are you going to school? I'm going to Liberty University. Oh, nice. In Virginia, yep. That's cool. Liberty University. You were down at a, were you at a JUCO in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I was at Arizona Western for my uh, past three years. 
Awesome. So what are you taking in school? Because that's the most important thing. I mean, yeah, you can play Major League Baseball or whatever, but uh, school, you, you, regardless of how far baseball takes it, you're going to have to have a life after. What are you, what are you taking in school? Yeah, I'm uh, studying business. I'm taking business. Uh, I want to be a big-time business guy. I don't want to be a teacher, hey? No, no. <laughs> uh, so that's t- Frankie Hickson's school. Yeah, Frankie. That's right, Frankie Hickson, running back of the uh, uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, is Ken Austin still coaching there in Liberty? I believe so. He's yeah. an offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So yeah. say hi to Ken Austin for us when you go there, Dylan. Okay. All right. How did you end up in Liberty? Like, how did that? How did that work out? Well, when I was at my junior college in Arizona, there's this, there's this All Star game at the end of the year that a bunch of schools come out and watch and. Uh, Thankfully, I played well in that game, and I got a call from Liberty after and kind of signed a couple days later. It's awesome, man. So talk about, before you leave, talk about your season, your season personally with the Red Sox. How's it, how's it been going? I know you hit a home run recently. I was at the game where you hit the home run. Just talk about that. Well, yeah, the season's going great. Um, we're, we're playing really good ball here going into the home stretch. Hopefully, we can get a win tonight, but I, I've been loving it with the guys. we got a great group of guys on the team. And everyone's just looking forward to get get playoffs going and, and win as many as we can. So when do playoffs start? Will you get to play a couple of playoff games yourself before you have to leave? I will not be for <sighs> all the playoffs, but I'll, I'll be here for the first round for sure. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Get us to the second round. Uh, how, yeah. how important is it for you guys to finish in first place? So uh, I guess the question I'm really asking is winning tonight is key because of? Well... Winning tonight would be put us in a better position in playoffs, but we believe that we can beat anybody we we're up against, so it doesn't really matter if we win or lose as long as we are on a winning streak in playoffs. So tonight's game is big just for us, but it's also just another game. How tough is it for you to uh, – I, I know uh, there are bigger things for you in terms of going to Liberty University, and that'll be cool, but in terms of leaving your teammates and leaving a run, because you're here, you put in some sweat equity here in the summer, and now you have to leave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, we all understand that we have to get back to school. And we gotta, we gotta uh, do our own, our own thing. But we're uh, we're together, and we we trust our guys that we still have left. So hopefully, we can just pull it together in the in the home run here. Where'd you get your athletic talent from, mom or dad? Uh, I'd say my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. What did your dad? What did your dad give you? Because your dad was a pretty good athlete. Yeah, yeah, my dad was good from him in basketball, but uh, he he helped me growing up through high school as well, and as a through middle school and throwing to me in the backyard and playing catch and everything. So he was a big big factor in where I am today as well. How much? How much has living away from home helped you grow up fast? Oh, it helped me grow up pretty quick. That's for sure. Got to, got to cook my own meals and do my own thing. And I'm on my own. I can't be asking mom or dad for anything. So I'm growing up pretty quick. Paying bills yourself, uh, doing your own wash and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm doing my own thing. Have you screwed up washing anything yet? Like mixed colors or something? No, but I've left them in for a little too long some days. <laughs> <laughs> Shrunk a few things. Hey, and yeah. so so if you were to invite me and my producer Sean Kleisinger, who is also the public address announcer for your games, if you were to invite us over for a Dylan Edmonds specialty in the kitchen, what would you make us? And don't tell us extra cheese on the macaroni. <laughs> uh I cook up a nice teriyaki bowl. Some rice, chicken, broccoli, 
teriyaki sauce. That's what I'd be making. Nice. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So when you're in Liberty or like even in Arizona, did you guys have like a meal plan or anything like that? Like did you get hooked up? Did they treat you guys pretty good? Yeah, at Arizona Western I had a meal plan, so it was just a two minute walk away and they had meals set up for us. But at Liberty I'll be living on my own and I'm in my own apartment, so I'll have to be cooking my own meals there. Nice. So have you toured the campus and everything like that? Yeah, I went for a, a visit and walked around the campus and got to see the field and everything. And mm. There's some coaching staff, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. So that kind of made my, my decision visiting there. And lastly, I guess, how cool is it for you to be a Regina kid representing the Regina Red Sox and in, in a key game tonight? It's, it's a pretty good game here tonight uh, for first place. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it here. It's a great experience, great team. Just love to be home, get to stay at home with the family, and family gets to come watch, so it's, it's been awesome. All right, man. Well, good luck tonight. Good luck at Liberty, and uh, we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks for your time. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. That's Dylan. Why? I'm a, everybody's on a kick calling me sir. That's my dad. You're a sir. I'm a sir. Am I that old? <laughs> you're, that you're a gentleman. I'm a gent. That's right. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. Dylan Edmonds. See Makes you, me Dylan. feel old. Makes me feel old. Anyway, uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we are going to have our clutch performance. And we're also going to hear from A.J. Jakubek, who is the uh, play-by-play man for the Ottawa Red Blacks on the radio, getting ready for a game against Calgary on Friday. Week number nine in the CFL kicks off tonight. It is the um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes. But before we go to break, I almost missed it. Zinger, we still got tickets to give away, don't we? We got, uh, I think... Two six packs. To two give away six today. packs of tickets. Can you believe right that, now. baby? Unbelievable. Two six packs of tickets. Call our friend Sean Kleisinger right now at 936 6262. It's raining tickets. It's raining here. tickets or 1 866 It's for their fan appreciation game, which goes down tomorrow. And there's going to be fireworks and lots of giveaways. So if you want to go, 936 6262 or 1 866 767 Drury, his first A.B. in a Padres uniform. Coming over from the Cincinnati Reds. Drury to left field. Connor Joe going back. Brandon Drury now plays. And Slam Diego. Brandon Drury in his first A.B. in a Padres uniform. It's a grand slam. Why? Because he's in. Slam Diego. Slam Diego, Don Arcello on the call, Bally Sports, love that guy, comes over from the Red Sox, and it seems like a perfect marriage, although today uh, he's not calling championship baseball, they're losing to the Rockies, the Padres, 6 to nothing in the 5th, so <laughs> pump the brakes on the next World Series champs, but that is our clutch performance of the day, it comes from yesterday's ball game at Petco Park, and... Uh, we will tell you that it's brought to you by our friends at uh, Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Zinger, do we have anybody call in for the tickets yet? Yeah, it was uh, Patrick. I can't pronounce his last name. I don't want to butcher it. So, okay. uh, Patrick, you uh, you uh, something. 
So congratulations, Patrick. <laughs> you have something. You're going to the game tomorrow night, man. Nice, nice. Appreciate nice. you calling in, Thank, brother. Thanks, Patrick. You have something. <laughs> you have something, Patrick. Anyway. You're something special. Yeah. That's what tell you are. One guy's name we can pronounce on the Western Pizza Hotline is A.J. Jakubek. He's the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. They're getting ready for a game against the Calgary Stampeders tomorrow. As the Stamps come in, they've got COVID, they've got injuries, and they'll probably beat Ottawa because they stink. But let's head out in the Western Pizza Pizza Hotline and talk with AJ. All right, AJ, must have been nice to call a, a win for a change the other day. Yeah, finally. Uh, took a while, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a tough goal for Red Blocks fans, uh, really, since uh, the Grey Cup in 2018. After they lost that game to the Calgary Stampeders, uh, they started 2 0 in 2019. And since that time, it had been 32 losses in 36 games, including 17 of 18 at home. So uh, much needed win for this organization, uh, certainly for uh, Paul LaPolice uh, and the coaching staff. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see where things go from here. I, I think uh, it's just one win. But uh, I, I think there is some optimism that they probably could or should be better than one and six. Now they have to show that uh, – you know, that, that that's for real because the schedule looks a lot more forgiving in the second half of the season, but we saw that in 2019 as well where the schedule looked a lot more forgiving in the second half and didn't matter because they lost all nine games. So uh, I, I think uh, th- this is a big week uh, just to see what this team is all about and up against uh, one of the best teams that they'll face the rest of the year. They're done with Saskatchewan. They're done with Winnipeg. They have one more game against BC. And I think all the the other games you would say are, are, are very winnable. And let's just see where this goes. Calgary on a short week though. That'll be interesting. Uh, it, it lines up pretty good for Ottawa in some respects. Yeah. Well, Ottawa's on a short week. Uh, you know, they, they played on Sunday. So yeah. that's uh not ideal but to me every, every team goes through it right in, in the canadian football league you're, you're going to have weeks where you come off a bye you're going to be have weeks where you, you come off a short week so um those are just excuses I, I i think at the end of the day they're reasons but they're also excuses and for an ottawa team uh, I, I think uh, they're starting to get healthy especially on the defensive side of the ball we saw abdul kenna Mm-hmm. Uh, return where we're going to see uh, we, we saw Patrick Levels return and and Money Hunter is going to return this week so uh, they were a little bit banged up uh, after the first couple of games of the season and and now that they're starting to get healthy again I, I think uh, that that should help their cause uh, you know Calgary is going to be without some key pieces starting with uh, their head coach and Dave Dickinson. But, uh, you know, you can't take any of that for granted. Uh, This is still going to be a very good football team coming in on Friday night. Does that make much of a difference? Now, that sounds kind of ridiculous. He is the head coach. But I would think that staff can overcome uh, having Dave Dickinson not there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a veteran staff. And it's still a loss, right? Because, you know, Dave is one of the best coaches in the league. And, you know, you're talking about people dealing with extra things that they normally wouldn't have to deal with. But, uh, you know, I don't think you can just sit back and say, oh, they're not going to have Dave Dickinson. They're not going to have Kadeem Carey. They're not going to have Sean McEwen. They're not going to have Trey Roberson. And snap your fingers and, and think you're going to win. Uh, football doesn't work like that. Calgary's always got uh, a, a very deep team. And uh, I know they're going to be uh, 
certainly uh, looking for a little bit of revenge for those, those two losses, uh, the close ones that they had against Winnipeg. So this is going to be a very tough task. You mentioned uh, the tough stretch at home for the Ottawa Red Blacks. What's the interest like? Does it remain high in Ottawa amongst the Red Black Nation, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of frustration for sure. But, um, you know, the, the tickets have still been uh, relatively decent. You know, when, when you look at CFL standards, I think they had 21,000 for their last game. So uh, season tickets are down, I think, across the board yep. around the Canadian Football League. And, and that has more to do with just the pandemic, right? And losing people and, and you know, having a year last year where, in a lot of places, especially in eastern Canada, uh, they weren't allowed many people to come in early in the season with the capacity restrictions due to the pandemic. So, um, yeah, they've got some work to do off the field, but fans are still passionate. I mean, you listen to our post-game shows after losses, and uh, you know, <laughs> the phone lines uh, have, uh, have been lighting up. So uh, they still care, and you know, they just want to see – some hope, and I think they've been given some hope this year. I think this is a better team than what we've seen the last couple of years. It doesn't show on paper, but in the end, as Bill Parcell says, uh, you are what your record says you are. So uh, that says they're one and six. They look like a better football team to me than a three-win Toronto team last week. But uh, you know, they, they have to continue to show that they're edging in the right direction and. You know, pretty good test to do that this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a comment from you, AJ Jakubic, on Caleb Evans and what you've seen here. Better every week. I, I liked what I saw last year from Caleb Evans, given the fact that, you know, that was his first year as a pro. He did not go to an NFL team. He was not on a practice roster or any like, anything like that. So was kind of thrown to the wolves last year when both Matt Nichols and Dominic Davis uh, got injured for the season. And, I thought he did okay given the circumstances. Not enough quality pieces around him. Uh, certainly the offensive line wasn't as good. It was like he was running for his life each and every week. And to, to go 2-7 and seven in those circumstances, I, I don't think uh, was all that bad. This year, probably wanted to see more from him in preseason. He was just okay in preseason. Just okay coming off the bench in that game in Regina, although tough to judge somebody in that circumstance because uh, he was trying to make some plays but yeah since then we've seen some improvements uh uh decent game against hamilton a little bit better in his second start uh in, in a losing cause against montreal where if darvin adams catches that ball in the end zone we might be talking about a famous comeback victory and then mm -hmm. leading the team to victory completing 20 of his 22 last passes uh in that game in toronto so a little bit better every week which is Good to see, and that, that, that's really all you're looking for is just to see progress. And, and right now, over the last few weeks, Caleb Evans has shown that pro progress, and I thought he was worthy of winning that uh, uh, Top Performer of the Week award last week. A couple more quick questions with A.J. Jakubik, voice of the Ottawa Redblacks. Um, Ackland, what a nice player to watch. It did, uh, Nick Marshall did pretty well against him here in Regina. I didn't think he was much of a factor. Now, granted, part of that game, Jeremiah Masoli goes down, so that threw everything out of whack. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ackland was sure uh, on the money last game. Yeah, he, he's been great. Uh, great attitude coming in. He's competitive, uh, great personality. He's been uh, a fun guy to talk to. Uh, uh, through the, the first seven games of the season. 
but uh, he, he's been bringing it uh, as a number one receiver. I mean, with uh, so many different areas where he's leading the league, uh, you know, you look at uh, 30-plus yard catches, you look at second down conversions, you look at, you know, th- those are two different areas altogether, right? Mm-hmm. Um 100-yard games and, and now leading the league in receiving yards as well, three straight uh, of 100-plus, which you know I think is really important for a guy like Caleb Evans to have built that rapport already with a guy like Jalen Acklin. Uh, the fact that he's got a go-to guy in these first three games is, is great to see. So, yeah, Acklin's been a breath of fresh air for sure and a great uh, off-season acquisition from the Ticats. Okay, lastly, you are uh, on your way to play pickleball. Uh, what uh, You know, I haven't really paid attention to pickleball. I know what it is. What makes that game so uh, attractive, so uh, engaging, so to speak? Yeah, I, I've... I mean, I grew up with a ping pong table, so I always loved <laughs> Me too. playing ping pong. It, it feels like it's uh, a cross between ping pong and tennis. Uh, I'm sure there's other racket sports that uh, would fit the bill as well. I just like it because we, we've got a league uh, at our station, uh, like 40 players playing in it uh, with, with doubles, and it's good camaraderie, and I like to get out and, and, and be active. So, uh, yeah, no, it's something that I just took up this year. Uh, when the league started last year, uh, I didn't bother signing up and, and started to regret it as the season progressed. So, uh, now I've uh, fallen in love with the game. It's a lot of fun. So you uh, you had some health issues. Everything back, good to go. Like your uh, no no uh, restrictions. Everything's good. Yeah, no, I can I can play. It's all good. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, don't take things for granted when you go through what I went through, and uh, just try to enjoy the fact that uh, that I'm here and want to live life to the fullest every day. Yeah, man, it's great to see you, and always great to talk to you. Have a great day, man, and have a good call on Friday against Calgary. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. By the way, I want to give a shout-out for our trip here. Check this out. $2,499, our trip with CAA. December 5th to the 12th, $2,499 taxes in. That's transportation to and from Hotel and games. Seven nights at the Comfort Inn Huntington Beach. Daily breakfast, group party, and it includes your flights. And it includes these games. Ducks at Carol, uh, Ducks home to Carolina at the Honda Center. Ducks home to the Sharks at the Honda Center. The Raiders against the Super Bowl champion Rams. Thursday night football. And then uh, my Chargers home to the Miami Dolphins. Sunday football all at SoFi Stadium. Both those games. So that's, that's, that's a pretty beautiful. good trip, man. And you get to RKO Zinger into the swimming pool. Yeah. That's also part yeah, of it. Yeah, you're there. I get it. You're coming. I get it. That's awesome. That's a great trip. I have a lot of people say, does that include flights? It includes flights. That's a smoking deal at $2,499. Taxes in based on double occupancy from Regina and Saskatoon. Check, it, check in with CAA. And by the way, we're already over half sold out in one day. Mm-hmm. So, so get up. on it. Don't don't be waiting around yeah. and be like, oh, we'll yeah. see how yeah. I feel a month from now. No, nope, not going to work. Going to be sold out, yeah. so it's pick not, up the phone. Not our fault. Yeah. Uh, that was Money Talks you heard from ACDC. Our next guest is always money when he's on. It's Ben Hebert, Curling Great, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you today, Ben? What's going on in Regina, boys? I'm doing great here. Things are, s- good. Things are sunny and hot. I was like... Uh, 
Okay, wait a minute. I, I didn't really pay attention to your first post yesterday when I saw the guy take the swing, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. That's not Bo Levi Mitchell because it didn't go into the woods. So, like, who is that? And then I saw the later. It was Freddie Couples. You're golfing with Fred Couples. How did you do that? Oh, man, it was uh, total, like, uh, pinch-me experience, to be honest with you. You know, I think, Ballsy, you've been around enough uh, big athletes in your day. You don't get starstruck very often, but... Uh, I was like a seven-year-old kid yesterday. I couldn't get enough. I was just like smiling ear to ear. And Well, the Shaw Charity Classics here in town, mm -hmm. the Champions Tour that's been to Calgary, I think this is the 10th anniversary, and they do a, a pro-am every year, but I think it's like, you know, it's above my pay grade uh, to put a team in the, the pro-am, right? Right. And so I, I've done some charity stuff with Shaw over the years, and I've done their par three challenge there as a, the old local C-list celebrity here. When they get real <laughs> needy for celebs, they call me. When all the flames and stamps say no, they they dig down to the curlers. So <laughs> I've kind of I've kind of connected with a few of the um, people at Shaw over the years. And I guess last minute on Saturday, uh, somebody bailed. So I got an email from the president of Shaw. She says, "Hey Ben, you know I'm Paul. Love to have you join our group. I'll email you Tuesday night with a tea time, and who your who our pro is going to be." Uh, you know, I was like, oh, sweet, get to play in the pro on this. will be nice, get to meet one of the pros. Yeah. And I got an email at 8 p.m. saying, you're off at 9 a.m. tomorrow with Fred Couples. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. So I went immediately to the range and hit till sun came down. And then I FaceTimed my dad and my brother and all my golf buddies. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. You know, so I hyped it pretty good. Mm -hmm. And it was way better than even expected. He was a 10 out of 10 guy, you know, totally welcoming, all class, giving us tips. His caddy, this was cool too. His caddy is Joe LaCava's son, Tiger's caddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was awesome. So he, he was the one that caddied for Charlie Woods in that PNC that Charlie and Tiger played. Yeah. So he's, he's Charlie's caddy. So we were talking to him about Joe and Charlie and Tiger. And Freddie was 10 out of 10. He was super smooth. And, um, yeah, hey, total pro, you know. Were you nervous? Were, were you nervous golfing was with the I guy? Nervous? Dude, I was sweating on the first tee. <laughs> I was dying. It was, I was more, way more nervous than going into, like, a Briar final. Because you're, you're good. Like, you're a really good golfer. Like, if you went out onto the course, you'd, uh, you'd out-golf most guys. But there you are standing with Fred Couples. Your knees yeah, would be... Yeah. Your, your knees would be knocking. Like, what kind of... Give me one tip he gave you. Did he give you one tip? Well, no, because he ain't going to fix my gross swing in five hours. <laughs> he, you know, he read some greens for us, and, uh, you know, he told some great stories about golfing, the tour, life on the road. He told a couple Tiger stories. He was talking about the live golf. Like, it was honestly, I was just, you guys know me, I'm a talker. I like to talk and entertain. I just sat there and, you know, shut up and, and, and soaked it all in. It was a really cool experience, and, uh, you know, I put those posts up there, and all my golf buddies are like, what in the hell? Yeah, so they're all over me today, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. Now, uh, and he, you know, he, good Freddie, good guy. He got me some VIP tickets to sit in the tent on Saturday. Sunday. Actually, I think I'm taking Bo, Bo Levi and uh, his wife on Saturday. We're going to go sit in the Shaw tent and maybe have a cocktail and enjoy some golf. That's, so all, that's that. awesome, man. So um, in terms of Live Golf, what does he think? What do you think of the Live Golf Tour? Uh, he thinks that he understands. And he said if this was around when he played, you know, there'd be a lot of other guys that would have done it. Mm -hmm. He said they didn't need to. They all benefited greatly. And he said if those guys want to go there and play, no problem. 
just say the real reason you're going enough of the, you know, phantom messaging. Yeah. And then they said, once that tour folds, or if it's not going good, don't expect to come back once your jeans are full and then play with us and take our money. So they said, if you want to go, go, no sweat. Yeah, you know, he, he, uh, he was a little disappointed because it's dividing the tour a little bit. And he actually mentioned to me, because we were playing the senior event, he said, you know, it's going to hurt the champions tour more than the regular tour. Because a lot of those guys that are going over, like Phil, yeah. you know, Pat Perez, Stenson, Lee Westwood, Poulter, they're all coming into seniors right away. So all of a sudden you could have an action-packed, studded tour uh, on the champions tour on the men's side. Uh, but those guys are all going to play live. So we talked about that a little bit, and yeah. he just said it's unfortunate, but uh, he he totally understands. So that uh, it was some good insight from a tour pro for sure. That's awesome, man. Got to be like you said, one of the highlights of your life. Ben Hebert joining us here, uh, curling great, who's had many highlights in his life. Now I saw you took your kids and Stampeder uh, jerseys to the football game, so I'll I'll give you a pass, even though you're you're from Rider Nation. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Calgary Stampeders, I thought they deserved a better fate both games against Winnipeg. I actually thought the first game they should have won. Um, I thought the second game, I mean, it was close. Both games were really good, but I mean, Winnipeg, they give, them, give them some credit. They look good. Claros looks good. Um, that running back, that Oliveira, that I found that he looks good. Oliveira, yeah. I thought their receivers, their receivers were good. That Ellingson and that other guy. Um, Schoen? Shown? Yeah, man, he's a stud. He made a lot of great catches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked to Bo, obviously, about what he saw, and he said, listen, you know, they're, they're playing like a championship team, and we're close. He said we just needed a few more big plays or tackles or catches, and, you know, he's obviously, uh, he knows what's going on. He's playing the game, but I will say, you know, for, uh, as his buddy and, you know, being dialed into the CFL this year, two things I've noticed with all the league, I mean, geez, the East is looking, you know, a little sparse, but, you know, I'll give them a, you know, give them a pass. I mean, I remember when the league was going good, the West was always still the dogs. Yeah. But I thought that the league looks a lot better this year than it did last yes, year. Yes, it does. COVID after a year off. Mm-hmm. The football looks a lot better. It's really entertaining. And as a football fan, and like you say, a Ryder fan growing up, and, you know, now cheering for my, my friend here, but um, I thought that uh, the caliber looks good, and if you're whether whatever team you cheer for, those those Winnipeg Calgary games were really good football and really entertaining football. So great for the league. You know, Winnipeg looks tough, but uh, I'm not counting out my money. You know, if you're a real football fan and you watch, I know Saskatchewanites. You know, they hate Bo because he's owned them for the last however many years. But if you watch those games, you know Bo looks great. He's in the pocket. His body's healthy. He's moving his feet. He even ran one for 15 yards, which is a miracle for him. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, they had some untimely drops. I think his receivers would uh, would have to wear a couple of those last game, uh, both games against Winnipeg, because Bo's stats might not show it, but he, he's putting some balls in some great spots, and if they start coming up with some big plays, I think they're going to be real tough to beat. How about that uh, young West, how, about, sure. how about that young gunslinger, uh, Nathan Rourke? He's looking good, oh, isn't he's he? awesome. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great to watch. I love him. I love his demeanor. I love that he moves. He throws it hard. And obviously, you know, he's shown – He's shown some youth, I would say, with, uh, you know, a few maybe bad picks or untimely picks. But I think his skill set, you know, once he starts getting that veteran in him and and the mind for it, because his skill set and youth and speed, man, does he rip it. He's awesome, too. Like, like I, I like watching Winnipeg right now. Obviously, I like watching the Stamps. And, and you know, if BC's playing, I'm turning the TV on because he's, uh, he's good entertainment. And, you know, we're all going down, actually, me and uh, all our buddies that play Men's night here in Chester with me and Bo. We're all taking a party bus down with Bo's wife and all our wives on the 13th. Um, Bo got us some VIP seats at 
in the TELUS uh, section, and we're going down to support our buddy there. And um, that's versus BC and O'Rourke. So I'm jacked to watch that game. That should be a real good football game. Nice, nice. Okay, do you, uh, how, do you, how do you like my prediction, though? I got the Riders crossing over. The, the way-too-early prediction. I think the Riders are in a juicy spot to beat the East and, and be in their own great cup as the visitors against, I predict, the BC Lions. Well, I know where you got the juicy from. Well, I, I feel yeah. like that. I threw yeah. that on your yeah. commented on your wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Riders, they look like, you know, they look like they're banged up a bit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've obviously been fine. I've been listening to you a little bit. You sound good on there for a rookie. You're doing a hell of a job, Mikey. Thanks. But um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I know it's, you know, the Rider fans are, are diehard animals in Regina, but um, the Riders are... are positioning themselves very well to be home for the Grey Cup uh, in the nicest way possible. The East just doesn't look very good. And I think if Cody can play well, you know, I mean, if Cody can play well, they're a good team in the West. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think their running back's good. I think they got good receivers. Their defense has been decent. They got good coaching. So I think that if they, if they start winning a few games at home, I, well, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to catch BC, Calgary, Winnipeg. Let's put it that way. No, I don't either. So, I got them crossing over, and yeah, I mean, you'd be foolish to think that they're not the favorite in those playoffs in the East. And so, hey, getting them at home for the Grey Cup, hey, whatever whatever route you have to get, it would be exciting for Regina. And obviously being from there, I know the atmosphere would be crazy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, anything can happen in a one-gamer. Uh, you know, do I see – I don't see the Riders running the gauntlet of Calgary, BC, Winnipeg to win the Grey Cup. But if you think they can't, you know, beat – Hamilton, Toronto, Montreal quite easily and then, you know, career or blackout or get a little bit lucky in a great cup final versus BC, Calgary or Winnipeg, especially at home. Thirteenth man, great uh, crazy yeah. crazy not to think that that could happen. But I mean right now, no, they don't they don't look very good. I mean I'm giving them a little bit of praise, but um the three top team I think the three top teams in the league are uh, miles ahead of four to nine, actually, is, is what I see right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, except I would say uh, we don't hand out trophies in uh, in August, and the Rough Riders have had COVID injuries, lots going on. They've gone through more adversity than a lot of the other teams. So it's, it's Calgary's going to run into an interesting game against Ottawa here and Winnipeg tonight against Montreal. That's a ju- as To steal your line again, that's a juicy pick, maybe. I actually picked Montreal to win the game tonight. I think Montreal. I think Montreal is going to win tonight. I I do. I won't won't be doing that. That's why. That's why I don't gamble with you. But uh, yeah, that's a foolish bet. I promise you, I'll be betting uh, Winnipeg. And and yeah, I think that uh, I saw Kadeem Carey's out for Calgary. He's been a superstar. I think he's probably the best running back in the league. And him being out will certainly be, uh, you know, a change of pace for the Stamps. And I think anytime you go on the road and and Calgary coming off two losses, they might be playing a bit tight. I know they want to get a big win here and get back get back on track before BC gets here. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think both games, we're getting together tomorrow night with a few friends to dial in, watch the game, and have a little CFL weekend. going to be great. That's awesome. Okay, lastly, before I let you go, you did play for the Thunder, and we're having a football weekend in Saskatchewan. It's the the Riders and the Elks, September 16th. And then on the 17th, we got uh, your old uh, alma mater, the Regina Thunder, playing the Hilltops, and then the Rams and the Huskies at night with a concert in between, trying to make a big deal of it. Just your thoughts on amateur football and uh, you know what it meant to you, and uh, you know uh, just to promote the local talent that is uh, in the amateur ranks 
Yeah, I think, uh, well, one, you know, I'm a you know professional curler, played hockey my whole life, baseball, everything else. I'm obsessed with golf, but there's no question asked for me, you know, if someone asked me what my favorite sport is or my favorite team sport for sure was, was football growing up. You know, the camaraderie, camaraderie in the dressing room, you know, all the different uh, people you meet from across the Saskatchewan, especially when you got to the higher level, you get all the guys together from different teams. And, you know, I just remember uh, – Mostly what I what I remember is obviously being with the guys and having some laughs and battling and mm-hmm. you know um, Saskatchewan I mean they, they, I think they do it probably better than anybody in the whole country uh, for my money the the junior football there even when I come home and I see you know the Libel Field even the University Stadium where they did that now they got the Thunder over at the Rams and you got Mosaic they don't do it quite like that here like I live in Alberta and I, I actually said to my wife man if my little guy wants to play football I want to go back home like. <laughs> the programs, even the flag league that Mike Thomas runs in, in Regina, it's just incredible. And I go home to watch my nephews play in that. You know, they do such a great job. It's a great sport, obviously family sport and the community. And I think the people of Saskatchewan take it really serious. That's why, you know, you see this, you know, that football weekend there, which unfortunately I'm curling that weekend, but it sounds great. But uh, my brother-in-law, my wife, Teddy, her her, her brother plays on the, the Regina Thunder, Isaac Ford. He's mm-hmm. a little stud. Yeah, he is a so, stud. You know, I follow, I, I follow the Thunder you know, religiously, I'm actually heading up to Edmonton in two weeks to watch him play the Huskies. And then I think uh, the weekend before my first um, tournament, uh, I think is September, maybe seven, eight, nine. I think I'm hopping on a little plane and wheeling to Saskatoon to watch the Thunder play the Hilltop nice. uh, in, in in Saskatoon. Because as much as, as much as it's nice, you know, playing at home and watching, going to Regina, that atmosphere at, at where the Hilltops play at, against the Thunder, I think is going to be a great game. And I'm going to go cheer on my brother-in-law and, and watch that and, and support them. But, yeah, football in Saskatchewan, if there's anyone there uh, listening or wondering, uh, it doesn't compare to anywhere else in the country. I think they dominate uh, on every level. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. I just got a, t- uh, uh, a tweet coming in here at The Real Ballsy. James wants to know, I'm listening to uh, the sports cage today with Ballsy and Ben Hebert. Did Ben go from being a Ryder fan to a Stamps fan from living in Calgary? Blasphemy. Or is he, j- <laughs> or is he just a Bo Levi Mitchell fan? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm a CFL fan for one. I mean, obviously growing up in Regina, you're, uh, you're not allowed to be anything else but a Ryder fan. And I would say, you know, when a lot of my buddies, you know, played for the Riders when Getzlaff was playing and Stu Ford, Neil Hughes, Claremont, guys that I knew, mm-hmm. obviously it was really easy to cheer for the Riders when you have that, uh, you know, those those people playing. You always cheer for your buddies. But I would say I'm in a little bit of a different spot than your your average fan. You know, I got I got friends that play professional sports uh, all over the world. You know, I'm good friends with Jordan Eberle and, you know, Mark Giordano. And as much as I love cheering for a team, you know, if I have a friend or, or someone that I consider a close friend uh, playing a sport, you know, I'm going to cheer for the individual. And so, you know, hey, when I'm watching when I'm watching the Flames play the Kraken, you know, I live in Calgary, but I'm you know I'm going to cheer for Jordan to do well. And same with Gio being in Toronto, and you know, uh, you know, Bozak, good Regina boy. I always cheer for Ryan Getzlaff when he's playing in Anaheim. So I think obviously me and Bo having a show together. You know, him living just up the street and our families being great friends. Our kids go to school together and we play men's night together every Wednesday. Of course, I'm cheering for my buddy. You know, I think that uh, I'm a good I'm a good uh, loyal friend. And uh, if the stamp, if the riders aren't playing the stamps, you know, certainly I'm cheering for the riders because of my background. But obviously, if my if my buddy's playing up against the riders, I'm I'm wearing the red and white. So, hey, you never know. It's it's a. Uh, free agent year for my man Bo and he's playing pretty good you never know what's going to happen there they got a good backup and who knows where he's going to end up but uh 
certainly as long as I got friends playing in the league and, and playing well, you know, Bo comes out to the briar and cheers me on. I'm, I'm certainly going to do the same for him. Thanks. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's always nice uh, catching up with you and uh, yeah, put some money on the Alouettes tonight, man. Okay, that's crazy bad. Thanks for the call, guys. Take care. All right. Ben Heaver Heaver joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, we'll catch up with Brian Raymond. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. And this is your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary. For service technicians, is $75,000 plus signing bonus. You can give them a call at 781-2090. Week 9 in the CFL kicks off tonight with one game on the schedule. It sees the undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Montreal to take on the Alouettes. The Bombers have won 10 straight games dating back to last season. Will they go 9-0 to start the year tonight? We shall see. It's a 5.30 kickoff from Percival Molson Stadium in Montreal. The NFL preseason kicks off tonight with the annual uh, Hall of Fame game in Canton. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. 6 p.m. kickoff on NBC from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. And first place in the WCBL East Division is on the line tonight as the Regina Red Sox visit the Moose Jaw Miller Express. Also on the line is the season series, the Trans-Canada Clash Trophy. So a lot at stake as the winner tonight will clinch that number one seed in the postseason. All right, so do we have Brian Raymond yet on the phone? We do have Brian Raymond on the phone. Let's get out to the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with our friend Brian Raymond. Man, how about Ben Hebert? He's golfing with Fred Couples. That's cool, hey? That That would be really cool. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah, would be very, very cool. That'd be. Who'd you like to golf with? If you could golf with somebody in a foursome, give me the three other golfers. Um, I, you know, I would love to golf with Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Okay. I'm a lefty. He's a lefty. Yeah. I met him once, a long, long time ago. Nice guy. And he was a really cool guy to talk to. Okay. And be because of the left-handed thing. Yeah, I'm left-handed uh, too, by the way. Yeah, and uh, I kind of like uh, like Greg Norman would be interesting to to play with. Sounds to me like you want to go on the live tour, Brian. Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I've got mixed emotions about that live tour. It's uh, it's gonna. I think this is all going to get really exciting in the next little while with lawsuits and everything. I wonder if they don't merge one time. That's kind of where I'm thinking this might go. You know what's funny is, and, and laugh if you will, that I'm not trying to make this political, but Donald Trump told these golfers that they need to get into the Live Tour before the merger happens, and when all they get is a thank you for joining us. Right now they can get all the cash. He goes, because it's going to happen. There's going to be a merger. And if there's a guy that knows something about uh, you know, leagues coming together or going to battle against leagues, he was the USFL guy that beat the NFL in court, albeit for $1. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he Maybe he has a little inside track on that. So well, uh, you just you just never know. You know, those are at levels that we only dream of. What, yeah. You know, these negotiations and these conversations. So I have no idea. But you, that's a really good uh, good concept to think about for a while. Yeah, I know for sure. Okay, I want to get to. Uh, I want to ask you a question. I I um, didn't give you the heads up on this, so I want you to give me a golf tip. Okay, uh, so so tell me how for a beginner. Like I got my bag here. You know when should I when should I use let's say a five iron or a six iron or a seven iron like that's the thing that I don't know when I should use those clubs you know what I well, mean when 
Well, here's how you find out about that. We have a, you know, we have a driving range here. Yes. We have yardage markers on the driving range. So the idea is that the club that you use would be dependent upon how far you hit each of your clubs. Okay. So that's why you go to the driving range to find out how far each club goes. Nice. That's interesting. That's a good. That's a good little setup there. Okay. Cool. I'm. I'm thinking of doing that on Saturday. If I want to come rent a few clubs and hit the ball around, I can easily do that. No, not a problem at all. Awesome. Can't wait to do that. And you got the. Gr- it's not like you're golfing off of pads, right? In terms nope. of the golf, the the driving range, right? Yeah. Just just picture this. We have a huge driving range. We can uh, we can probably accommodate a minimum of fifty people all at once on our driving range, and there is not a mat in sight. It's all pristine grass nice okay so brian raymond in terms of the whole of the day give me a whole of the day out there at flowing springs and why pick one for me uh i'm going to pick a par three and it's number 14 on the back nine okay and why are you picking that one well it's kind of a neat hole we have uh we have a set of tees up at the top beside number 13 green and that makes the hole about 150 yards and that's where we have the ladies tees or the forward i shouldn't say that the forward tees most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really want a challenge, you play from down below at the blue tees where it's almost 200 yards and you have to go around a pair of trees uh, oh, to wow. get to the green. So it's, it's a challenging hole. That's nice. Okay, so Brian, in terms of uh, getting on the course and all that type of stuff, how do we do it? It's real easy. All you have to do is give us a call at 543-5050 and you can book online at our website at flowingspringsgolf.com. Pretty epic, too, right? Like, we're not getting, uh, at least here, uh, back half of July into August here, we, we're getting rain, then we're getting heat, then rain, then heat, and not a lot of wind. It's almost like a uh, golfer's paradise out there. Well, it's, yeah, exactly. It's really warm today, but you know what? We've got some really decent temperatures coming up tomorrow and for the weekend, and we are taking bookings now. So if you want to get out this weekend, and you know what? The days are getting shorter. Yeah. Uh, you know, that season is going to end at one point. So if you haven't played much golf this year, now's the time. Good point, man. All right. Once again, uh, how do they get a hold of you? 306-543-5050 or book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate your time, man. Have a great weekend, guys. You too, man. All right. Are you golf zinger? Do you get on the course at all? No, no? man. No? No. Just not something that turned your crank? <sighs> I just... I bought clubs, a set of clubs, like three years ago, and I planned on getting into it. But then I realized it's going to take a huge commitment to be any good at it, and I just, mm. nah, it's not, it's not worth it. Mm. Uh, here's something interesting: grit. The word grit is all about resolve and perseverance. And a new study found that playing sports as a kid might give you more of it. Researchers polled thousands of North Americans and asked them to rate how gritty they think they are. They had to rate how true different statements were. For example, I'm a hard worker, I'm diligent, and I never give up. And it turned out people who played youth sports were more likely to agree with the statements like that. 34% ranked extremely high in grittiness compared to 23% of people who didn't play sports. And they were also much less likely to rank extremely low in grit. You get better work ethic. You also get to, you know, goal setting, working together as a team, um, achieving certain things. I just love it. I, I love sports. The and and you know, whenever we inter, uh, interview guys like Ben Hebert or whoever, mm-hmm. what do they talk about? Especially the alumni guys. They don't talk about that sixty-five yard run. Like you'll get the odd guy. Oh, I remember Brian Walling running for fifty yards in the nineteen eighty-nine West semifinal. You get some of those plays, right? But mm-hmm. it's the 
hoisting the trophy or smoking the cigar in the locker room after the big championship or just playing pranks on guys in the locker room. Like, what do you remember about high school football when you no, think about I just, it? I just remember, like, sports is just more than more than just like you were saying. You know, in my opinion, like, my deepest desire was desire itself. You know, I just wanted to feel happy and excited. And with desire also comes the opposite side of those emotions, sadness and disappointment. And all those emotions, you know, they make a football player, an athlete, they make you feel alive in those few hours. And you make makes you feel like you have a purpose. That's why yeah, I believe like yep. I was such a huge uh, into sports and still am today. Yeah, no, good point. And and for three hours, you can escape all your problems. Mm-hmm. You get like for those three hours, it's just you and the, and the guys you're playing with and against. And it could be that way when you go on a sports trip, like the ultimate sports trip with the sports cage, CAA involved. Get a hold of Terry over at CAA and Rajani. You could also get it to any locations in Saskatoon as well. The 5th to the 12th, $2,499. Flights included. Breakfast, transportation to and from the hotel and games. It's the Ducks in Carolina. It's the Ducks in San Jose. It's the Raiders and the Rams. And it's the Chargers and the Dolphins. Both those games at SoFi. Join us. We're half sold out. Make sure you get on board with the Sports Cage trip in conjunction with CAA. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM, and they'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. You can text us at 936-6262. It's the text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one. GM dealership. Do we got any texts over there, Zinger, at all? Yeah, Metal Shingle guy's very upset that uh, Ben Hebert is a oh. Stampeder fan. I think I think Metal Shingle guy, you got to understand where he's coming from, man. You got to cheer for your friends. It's his buddy. It's his buddy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, Trevor's listening in Vancouver, uh, he loyal listener. Yeah. He says, I keep up the great work, fellas, and uh, looking forward to uh, the Ryder game this weekend. But uh, actually, there's no Ryder game this weekend, he Trevor. Mean, he so means next ma- weekend. Next weekend. Next so. weekend. Maybe he's looking forward to the BC Lions yeah. Ryder game uh, here and then back there yeah. in Vancouver. All right. So uh, let us head out in the Western Pizza hotline. And when you order Western Pizza, order the Rough Rider sweet deal from Western Pizza. And you and a friend could be watching a Ryder game from a luxurious suite. So uh, I would assume our next guest, because it's a bye week, has been on the golf course. Is that true, Luke Molitor? No, not at all, man. We've been hard at work. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on with the Canadian Red Cross, so I, I, there, it's been all gas, no breaks. You know what, man? I'm cutting my grass in the backyard today before I came into work. I found four golf balls on my grass, and I'm throwing them to the golfers on the other side of the chain link fence. And I'm saying to myself, your voice actually rung in my head. You idiot! You live on a golf course, and you don't even play yeah. golf, or you're an idiot! Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the other thing. You want to know, you know, like, uh, in Ryder Nation, who haven't crept your house before, Yeah. Ballsy lives on an angle where if there are people hitting golf balls in your yard, those people are terrible. <laughs> Like, literally worse than I am. Yeah, bad. Well, I'm worse than all of you guys. Like, off the tee at that angle, if any balls are going in your backyard, yeah. whoever hit that ball yeah. sucks. Well, two of, them were, two of them were really colored balls, like neon balls, so you know they suck. If you're using those balls, you're terrible, right? 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you use those balls, you're just out there for the beer and the good times. <laughs> That's all you're there for. And maybe pick somebody's window uh, out in their backyard. Okay, Luke, I got you here to talk about uh, NFL and our pick six a little later on, but let's do a rider talk here. We always do in the pregame show three keys to the game. Let's do Luke Molitor's three keys to turning this four and four season around. And uh, turnarounds are maybe not the right way to put it, but get it back on the right track. So number one, what's one thing this team has to do to get back on the right track you know what it's funny like I, I again we can't right now i mean i think people need to understand that you know critics and former players of this team when they criticize the team the the expectation is always to win a great cup so you know mm-hmm. whatever criticism is levied by people who have played the game that's what they're levying it against they're not levying it against oh well you know you want to be middle of the pack if you want to be middle of the pack we're doing great <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the pack, right? Yeah, but that's for sure. Quite honestly, you so so the thing about it is, I actually have, and I thought back to the Grey Cup teams that that I was really fortunate to be a part of. You know, one of the most endearing qualities about those teams is how united we were as a team. For instance, when we played poker, we played poker every week in 2007. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about a four, four or five guys. We would have half the team over at someone's air, someone's house playing a huge poker tournament every single week. And now the benefit was of that it was not that I would always win, right? <laughs> but the benefit was that we were always together off the field, and it gave us something to talk junk about when we got in the locker room. I really feel like this team needs to start you know, need to start engaging with each other a lot more. It just feels that way. And, hey, they might be doing poker turns already. But I, I tell that story because I remember the next year, after we won in 2007, a couple of my boys, we, they didn't play on the team the next year. But every time I talked to them, the first thing they would say is, hey, you guys playing poker? And I would always say, actually, we're not playing as much as we used to be. And, and, and the first thing they would say is, well, you need to get back to that. Because the conversations that you're able to create as a team and, and get to know players just over, over those type of events and those type of gate over a beer, over those, those, those work so well in creating that just team camaraderie that you have and – that you rely on when the games are tough and when the games are close. Like you look back at the last game, right? Where was the the most criticism that was levied after the game, especially on my end was uh, against, against one player, but it was because of like the last five minutes of the game, things just really just fell apart. And I feel like if this team is is closer together, is finding ways to, to, to compete uh, against each other off the field, finding ways to hang out, like doing, like, for instance, they used, you know, it used to happen, you know, even when I retired, right? They were still going on team camping trips. You know, things like that don't just fall off the rails at, at, at any one time in the game. So I think that they can do a really good, you know, and that doesn't take anything on the on, on the field, right? That's yeah. just getting to know guys. That's just getting, hanging out with different groups. That's just creating way, way, you know, more engaged conversations with the entire team in the locker room. So I think that that's the start. All right. Um, if I was to say another piece, I think that this team needs leadership now more than ever. It is time for some guys to start stepping out and saying, okay, it's time to be accountable. We demand this, right? I really, that's why I really like uh, Derek Moncrief's interview after, um, after that game, uh, the last game, right, Ballsy? Is because mm-hmm. when, when we asked Creef, hey, like, what do you want to see moving forward when you guys get back? He immediately said, we want to see accountability and discipline, right? There's got to be guys now that, that, that carry that card on their back and on their forehead. Like every time you look at those guys, they have accountability and discipline literally etched, you know, on themselves. 
and it needs to become, you know, uh, uh, an identity with this team. Because right now, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing you're seeing the BC Lions, who came into that game as the least penalized team in the league, right? Versus a team that, again, it falls off the rails in the final three minutes. We've now seen this this team lose three straight games in the final three minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you know discipline and 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 you know um, those things. But that that again that that's accountability. That's that's leaders stepping up. Right. Mm. So really, I think that that's a big thing. Right. Is, is, is where this leadership is coming from. And then I think that, you know, again, I think that the coaches need to really start to step up here and, and really demand it from the locker room. That's the only way it's going to happen. Right. Is, is if that you is that you that you literally live and breathe the things that you're saying. You know, so when Coach Dickinson, who said it a couple of times, well, you know, if we don't have the right guys on it, we'll find the right guys. Well, you know what? Now the team needs to start actually seeing that in motion, right? Is seeing mm-hmm. guys held accountable because you can hold your guys accountable in the locker room. You can, you know, the leaders in the locker room can do that. But man, there's some parts that if a coach does it, if you have that fear of the coaches where you know that, hey, if you're not towing the line properly, it's not just your teammates, but you're going to be out of a job. Like maybe that needs to exist a little bit more in this locker room. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that that's. I think that those are three immediate sort of. You know, and 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 the nice thing about those Bosie is is that's not hard. None of that. What I just said involved X's and O's, right? None of it. I, I I said, oh man, you know what? We really need a. We need really need a boundary receiver to do this well. No, 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 no. no. Right now, this team, right? Right now, this team is the middle of the road. Uh, in the middle of the road, the middle of the pack. And the, the things that can that can help elevate their performance on field are really easy to fix, and they don't have anything to do with X's and O's. Yeah, good point, man. And you're the guy that's always said no excuses, no excuses. So we'll see tonight, too, because it's, a, it's, it's exactly what we talked about with the Riders, and I was more the excuse guy than you. The Riders went to Edmonton, their quarterback got hurt, and they lost their star center, uh, Dan Clark. And then they had to go cross-country on a short week to play Montreal and got smoked. Winnipeg yeah. went into Calgary. Uh, they probably had no business winning that game. They went to eight. No, they haven't had a bye. Last team to get a bye, two-time defending champs, and now they're in Montreal tonight. Now, I'm picking the Owls in an upset, but we get to see how Winnipeg performs on a short week here. Yeah, but you know what? And and the nice part about it is, is, you know, I I got stakeholders on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that I text out every now and then. You want to know what I haven't heard at all? Excuses. Moaning and griping about the short turnaround. Yeah. None of them. Every single person has been like, you know, hey, Jackson Jeffcoat's not out, but, man, they really like so-and-so. You know what I mean? Oh, this isn't happening, but, man, they really like, right? Like, look at them automatically. Like, you know, yeah. the, the, the first – when they were winning, the first few games they were winning, they were saying, oh, man, we don't have a running game. We need an Andrew Harris back. We don't have a running <laughs> game. Immediately in Calgary, they went and remedied that. Yeah. Right? And, and so that's, that's – and, again, that is where – you know, that is where I really see this team. Like, we can do a whole lot better when it comes to messaging. And that's, that's, that's why I bring it on coaching, too, is because the coach has got to be carrying that. The coaches have to be, you know, living and breathing that just as much as the players do. You know, you see these guys, some of them have stayed in Saskatchewan to get involved in the community. That's great. That's fantastic. And they're doing it on behalf of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. The riders are doing great work really reestablishing themselves in the community after, after um, COVID. Yeah. But I think it's about time to reestablish yourself in your existing community, and that's in the locker room. Well, Establishing those relationships. We're CFL fans, but we're also NFL fans. When we come back, a pick six with Luke Mulliner. Six storylines we're following in the NFL as the Hall of Fame game kicks off the preseason tonight, the Jags against the Raiders. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM.
And a pick. And a six. It's going to be a touchdown for Chandon Sullivan. It's Sorensen to the house. A pick six. Time now for another Pick 6 with Ballsy and Friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. All right, let's get to Luke Molliner and uh, six topics here. The Pick 6, we look at six NFL storylines. Let's start with number one here, Luke. Deshaun Watson's impact on the Browns and what happens there. What do you think happens with Deshaun Watson? Does he get suspended for a year, 12 games? What do you make of that whole thing? I got no clue what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I mean, they 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 hired an outside external source to to figure out what they should do with Deshaun Watson. That external source, who by the way is a female, yeah. right, says, you know what, suspend him for six games. And then I think that you know, uh, out of out of you know, and for fair for the NFL because they know that you know the the, the sentence or whatever the verdict should have been a little bit harsher. They they then step in and say, no, that's not good enough. Let's figure this out. So. Um, yeah, I, I actually have no clue what's happening with Sean Watson. It sounds like you know there's 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 an aspect of the NFL that that really wants to recruit some of the money that he made, um, you know, within the transaction of, of between Texas to Cleveland. It's it's just a mess. But good for the NFL, you know. I think that um, I think that they recognize that there was a lot of people that were unsatisfied, um, you know. At the end of the day, they can appeal, um, you know, this suspension, and you know. Uh, it might end up like, let's say he doesn't even get suspended. At least it's the NFL that's protected their shield and said, "Hey, we tried." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's so a good. Yeah, it's a good yeah, point. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, right? It says, hey, you know what, PR-wise, we really need to come out against this just so, you know, a lot of the organizations that are following this conversation don't look at us as the evil villains here, right? And, and you know, uh, that that may sound like it sucks that organizations think like that. Well, when you're in a billion-dollar business, you think like that. Yeah, and uh, very Cleveland Brownish to sign a guy knowing that he'll probably be suspended and give him $238 million in guaranteed money. That is actually kind of hilarious. Speaking of the, right. uh, Speaking of the AFC, uh, north, as it were, uh, the dawn of a new era in Pittsburgh. No Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin has never been under 500 in a season as a coach. How do you think Mike Tomlin does in Pittsburgh this year? I think he's going to do just fine. I think Pittsburgh's going to have a winning record again, and I think that I mean, Pittsburgh knows how to do it, man. They've had three head coaches in their entire organization's history, and every one of their head coaches has won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, you look at the culture that Mike Tomlin set, um, you know, like it's funny, right? Like, you know, everybody wanted to say, oh, man, Pittsburgh's a mess when Le'Veon Bell, who, by the way, is a Spartan, so I'm automatically on his side. But when Le'Veon Bell was like, oh, man, this isn't the place you want to be, blah, 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 I deserve more money, I deserve this, I deserve that. Where's Le'Veon Bell been since he left um, Pittsburgh? You know, same with Antonio Brown, right? Antonio mm-hmm. Brown comes out and he says, I want this, I want that. You know, Pittsburgh's doing me wrong, blah, blah, blah. Mike Tomlin keeps his mouth shut. The organization keeps their mouth shut. They go about their business. They let him go. What's happened to Antonio Brown? since we've seen this man literally mid-game jog across the uh, end zone waving to the crowd in his draws like that's the level of professionalism that that Pittsburgh has has approached the game with they uh, they have a culture and that's what I'm talking about with the riders like their culture is established in Pittsburgh one thing they're not going to do is they're not going to lose their mind you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's because of the culture and it's because of the beliefs that their head coach has and uh, that's why you know will Pittsburgh win the Super Bowl no but I'll tell you what, they're going to be good and competitive down in, down out. 
and they're not going to do certain things like tolerate people that, you know, want to make it about the program because I mean about themselves because it is about the program. It is about being a Pittsburgh Steeler, you know, uh, in, in that part of the world. I love uh, Mike Tomlin, my favorite coach in the NFL by a, by a country mile, actually. Okay, uh, yep. number three on the pick six, uh, who's going to have a bigger impact? Uh, Devontae Adams in Vegas or Tyreek Hill in Miami? Oh, I, I really like Devontae Adams in Vegas. I think that, you know, they already have a few weapons. I mean, just imagine Devontae Adams and, and, and Darren Waller staying healthy. Also, though, with, with the ability that the Raiders have to run the football. You know, Derek Carr, man, I mean, he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league, and now he's got a real real uh, you know a real threat and and the best part about Devonte adams coming there is that hunter renfro is already there and he's playing really really well he's the and next renfro- he's the ne- he's the next wes welker he is the next uh, julian edelman uh, uh mcdaniels had those guys in new england but he didn't really have anybody till randy moss got there to have that over the top thing now he's got adams i agree with you yeah, i think that's exactly. gonna be great yeah, yeah. adams can can do everything but more importantly adams can stretch and now you got also you know keep in mind darren waller is like runs a four or five at like six eight right yeah so so now you have Devonte adams on one side like just imagine the nightmare you get into on the five yard line where the, the raiders send out a route running demon in renfro a guy who can literally do anything in Devonte adams and a matchup nightmare in 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 waller like that that's scary because Carr can make all those throws uh, Tua, on the other hand, right? Like Tua is still developing, right? And you know, the, and and the Miami Dolphins are still developing. And you know what? Hey, yeah, Cheetah's great, right? Having a guy like guy like um, like Cheetah is, is amazing. But remember, man, to Andy Reid and his his offensive system, he used Cheetah really well. So it's on the coach now, you know, to to figure out what Kansas City did well with Cheetah and then to implement it here. But also, hey, can Tua make some of those throws? You got to remember, man. How many times you you were watching, um, you know, Baldy? How many times were you watching the Kansas City Chiefs and literally watching a play that wasn't even supposed to be a play, where mm-hmm. Mahomes just runs around, waits till Cheetah figures out where to stand, and then just flips it to him like behind his back, right? Like, yeah, no kidding. That guy. Yeah, yeah, it looked like McAvoy isn't doing any of that. I promise you that. No, he's right? not. No, he's not. No, no you're right. And no, and the guy who's gonna the guy who's gonna suffer in Kansas City is gonna be uh, Kelsey, their tight end, because he's gonna get bracketed for sure. Uh, oh, exactly. Number four in the pick six, the arrival of the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They lost that epic playoff game with Kansas City last year. They are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you hate you know, the Bills. They'll, 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 I think the Buffalo Bills will do fine. I think that they might even be, you know, headed to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if they got there. Hard to imagine Buffalo winning a Super Bowl just because it's Buffalo, right? It's like saying Hamilton's going to win the Great Cup. Like, man, I've been to Hamilton. Trust me, the best part about Hamilton is leaving. Same thing with Buffalo. Best part about Buffalo is getting <laughs> out of there. So, you know, uh, I just, I, I think I don't give a due respect to, to, to that organization just because of Buffalo, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're in a the Super Bowl. I love Josh Allen, man. I'm such a fan of Josh Allen. And, and you know, I, I'm sitting here and I, I, I'm a fan of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, right? But, man, watching Josh Allen is truly a treat. And I heard that they're working on their running game there in camp early on, man. So, mm-hmm. you know, having the guys, the guys that can come and, and, you know, having Stephon Diggs and, you know, their, their, tight end, their tight end game really, really accentuated last year. So, again, you've got, man, like you've got all the pieces there and you've got probably the greatest game of football played to have to knock the Buffalo Bills out of the playoffs last year. 
Yeah, right? no, yeah, no so you know. Yeah, no kidding. You can just imagine how, how, how anxious they are to get back on the field. Saw the again, vi- I just look at them as the Hamilton of the NFL, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, saw the video of a Diggs today in practice. He just broke somebody's ankles, went across the field, made a one-handed I mean, catch before he, does. before he went out of bounds. Yeah, unreal. What a great player. Yeah. Uh, okay, number five in the pick six, the Trey Lance watch. His dad used to play for the Riders. Trey Lance, uh, you know, uh, had a limited action with NDSU back in the day, highly touted. How do you think Trey Lance does? Is it his team or do they, uh, you know, I don't know. Garoppolo's going to be gone, I'm assuming. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's room to pay Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, I mean, Trey Lance is, you know, we've, we've seen Trey Lance's skill set in other quarterbacks, and I think that that's more exciting. That's what makes Trey Lance exciting is I think a lot of people see Trey Lance's ability outside the pocket, right, but also, you know, the ability to make every throw. Um, and, and, you know, I think that he's, he's a little bit more of a pocket passer than I, I think people, uh, you know, give him credit for and, and hopefully the San Francisco but here's the thing I mean I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan I'll never say anything positive about the San Francisco 49ers so me talking about Trey Lance is even even you know pushing it you know what I mean because <laughs> yeah, I just hate the organization okay. I hate Merton Hanks and I hate you know everybody I hate stupid yeah you know what I mean yeah I get I hate it Bill Wash. I, hate, I, I, I shouldn't I, have put that I shouldn't have put that in as a talking point okay the last one then uh is uh is this Tom Brady's last year. Is it really his last year? Does he go to the broadcasting booth after this year? You know, the problem with Tom Brady is we've said that for like 10 years straight. I know. God, like, oh, this is his last year. Like, literally, we were saying that in 2012, and he's still here, and he's just, he just won't go away. And, he's, and the problem is he's awesome. And, you know, I think as long as there's, there's organizations like Tampa Bay and as long as there's coaches like Bruce Arians that are willing to create a system that really works well with what Tom Brady's good at, then I think he can play another. I mean, he's protected. Look at those games, man. They they do everything they can to they protect him so well. You know, he barely takes hits down there, and when he does, he jumps back right up. You know, he's he's in the yoga, he's in all that other stuff nowadays, right? Like, yeah, I just I don't know, man. I just I don't know with Tom Brady. I, I it's like he's Thanos. You know what I mean? He stands yeah. back there snapping his fingers, and everybody dies except him. Yeah, so like he just turned forty five yesterday. I'm hearing reports he wanted 45. to Yeah, yeah, forty five. I'm here. Yeah. I'm forty I'm turning forty two, Baldy. Yeah. And I'm I can't even do a warm up that they do in the NFL at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm hearing he wanted to deflate his age to forty two though. Yeah, he probably wants to identify. That's what everybody else is going to, you know. I mean, we can identify as everything else these days. Why can't he just come out and be like, you know what, I identify as a 35-year-old. Yeah, I'm four. I'm, I'm 17. Yeah. I'm, I'm 28. You know yeah, I'm 28. I'm 18. Yeah. I'm 18. <laughs> I'm in the prime of my life right now. That's Sorry, guys. Hey, by the way, what, I want to get. I think we. Uh, this is we're done here now with the pick six. But I want to bring this up because we haven't brought it up yet. WNBA superstar Brittany Griner has been uh, convicted of marijuana possession, drug smuggling. I guess they call it. Yeah, and nine years. Nine years, and now the U.S. and the Russians are working out like a trade mm-hmm. for prisoners. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, you know, everybody's all outraged, and oh, if it was an NBA star, they'd be doing whatever. Listen. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, like you said. Like, don't if yeah, you don't want you, know, you know the rules in Russia, right? Yeah. You play there. She's a professional athlete in Russia. She knows all the rules. She knows exactly what she can and can't do. And you know, like, man, bottom line is, I don't care if she forgot. I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, 
that's just the rules in Russia, period. And it's Russia, by the way. They don't, like, you know, they're, uh, see, that's the thing. And we as North Americans, you know, we sit here on our high horse and we act like, you know, we're so we're so free and we're so this, we're so that. Like, hey, man, other parts of the world operate in certain ways. And we can't just, just because we're a bunch of entitled people that can identify as whatever we want these days and, you know, the, you know everybody gets canceled for everything. Just because we can do that here doesn't mean we get to go to another country and 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 put that lifestyle and those expectations and that entitlement and that accountability on another country that's not how it works and you can't leave like man there's some things that if i go back to new zealand i'm not doing that's 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 from the western culture you know what i mean makes sense yeah i agree like like people's gotta we gotta stop thinking that because we live in north america like you know we can just go into every country and do what we want that's not the case man and you know what just like I, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and they were going to make an example out of somebody, right? Yeah, unfortunately oh, hey. for her, it was her. Hey, uh, Luke, enjoy the rest of the uh, warm day with your son, Luther, and your family. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, man. Everybody else, enjoy the bye week. Take care, man. That's Luke Mulder, color commentator and former Rough Rider. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from lead analyst at TSN, Glenn Suter, with press coverage. You're listening to the Sports Cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. All right, Suits, I put money down tonight. I just bet on the CFL games. I got Montreal to win straight up. I got Ottawa to win straight up. I picked uh, the BC Lions over Edmonton, and the other game slipped my... Oh, uh, Hamilton to beat Toronto. Am I nuts? Well, I, I was going to just sort of interrupt after the first one. 8-0 and you're taking the mm-hmm. Owls? Yeah, short week, banged up. I know they get Jeff Coat back, but I uh, I don't know. I got a feeling Montreal's going to oh. win this one. Should you bet with your feelings or should you bet with your head? Uh, well, if I bet with my head, I pro- yeah, but it's easy. At some point, the Bombers got to lose, don't they? At some point, they got to lose. Like, if they lost this game, it wouldn't be like, oh, they, like, if they, I could see them losing this game. It'd be understandable if they lost this game. Well, I, you know, listen, any, any team can win on any given night. And in fact, I just did Zoom calls with Edmonton preparing for my game on the weekend, Edmonton and BC and uh, talked to Chris Jones, talked to Manny Arsenault, talked to Taylor Cornelius. And, you know, they had, they had the bombers on the ropes. I mean, they had, they were, they were beating a team that had completed just seven passes in the entire game. The bombers that night completed seven passes two weeks ago against Edmonton and won the game. I mean, I asked Taylor and I asked coach Jones, have you ever been involved in a football game where the opposition completed just seven passes in a 60 minute game and won, and they were just shaking their head going, Nope, they just, you know, and then they talked about the mistakes they made and things like that. But, um, you know, I just, it's, Every time we say with the Bombers, okay, it's it's time. The odds are against them. They got to lose sometime. They find a way. So we'll see. Yeah, they're the ninth team in CFL history to start 8-0. Let's talk about one of their guys that's really come on. Nice find by their personnel department, Dalton Schoen. He's been a nice uh, addition to that team. Yeah, I'll take this from a big picture point of view because, yeah, Dalton Schoen is is an example to me of well a fan or fan base loves their guys you know so if you're in bc you you've got your brian burnham jersey and you love it and and sometimes those guys move on they they go in free agency um you know sometimes they they go to the other league sometimes they retire and 
then you're you're saying you're you're disappointed, yes, as a fan base that you've lost that guy. I mean, you know, Weston Dressler. Let's make that the example in Saskatchewan. And then you know, but you don't have to sell your jersey, and you don't you know you can you can wait because just around the corner is a really hungry young football player that's going to capture your imagination pretty quickly. And I I think Dalton Schoen is an example of that. They lose Kenny Lawler, and they lose Darvin Adams. And they replace one of them in Greg Ellingson with a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. And then they bring in Dalton Schoen as a young new guy. And they say, hey, this guy came out of camp, won the job. And here's your next star, Winnipeg. And I know that there are people buying his jerseys now. So I'm not saying that, you know, you should just wave goodbye to your favorite players when they leave. I know there's disappointment there and I understand it, but, uh, you know, early on in this game, I just noticed out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. Yeah. Winnipeg just threw a pick. Yeah. (laughs) Sutton picks it off on Zach Kalaros and uh, yeah, comes back. I tell you what, man, that's not a, listen, the reason I picked against Winnipeg, I don't care how good you are. It is not easy to go uh, west to east and play the there is no like I look at the east and it's 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 weaker in terms of the records but that's a pretty good Montreal football team like it's not a terrible Montreal football team yeah it you know I I I just think if when you look at the way that Montreal and and other teams in the east have lost to western teams even the bombers again you go back to all the games where the opposing teams had them on the ropes had them right there and needed one or two more plays to win it and didn't get them, and the Bombers got them. You know, the records would be different. I, I don't I don't look at uh, a slow start as far as wins and losses in the in the East and go, they're bad teams. I just I just don't do that. This is they are, they are pro teams that have, you know, the schedule has dictated that they're up against, um, you know, the defending champ, the Calgary Stampeders, second-best team in the league probably, and they lose by a field goal or they lose by, a, 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 you know, one possession. Most of the games are going down to one possession. That includes games against the East. So, as you said off the top, Ballsy, you, any given day, and if you're 8-0, you, there's a chance, too, when you're 8-0 that you become a human and you start to think, hey, maybe we are unbeatable. And the moment that that happens, you lose. You know, uh, Ben Hebert was on earlier, the curling grade. He was golfing with Freddie Couples, actually, in Alberta, and then we got to talking about... Um, uh, the CFL, and he said, you know, the one thing I really noticed this year, he said, is the level of football, the excitement is back in the CFL, and that's great news. One thing I haven't talked to you about uh, uh, with about is the, um, you know, we talk about, well, there's only nine teams, and there's only nine teams. I remember back in the day in the NHL when I was first really getting into it, there were 21 teams, and everybody talked about how good it is, and then it got watered down when we added more teams. That's a positive thing about the CFL. There are only nine teams, but the level of competition is tight because all of those nine teams are pretty good. Like, there's there's a good level of talent on each of those teams. I mean, if Jeremiah Masoli isn't out, Ottawa, their record probably looks a lot better than it is, and that's no shot on Caleb Evans, who I think has been getting better uh, gradually. But you know what I mean? Like, nine yeah. teams lends itself to better competition. Yeah, it does. You know, and I, I think, you know, we can get to 10 and maybe one day... Sure. Uh, you you look at, at at growing it more than that, but um, at the same time you're you're bang on right. I I mean and and the narrative that nine teams make it some sort uh, like a weaker league is I, I think again is sort of a, a false narrative that's been on a hamster wheel for a long long time. And because uh, because did we care any you know. 
did did back in the day hockey fans care that there were only six teams in the NHL? No, no, they loved the NHL, and they and so it grew. Yes, and in some ways, when it grows too far, then it does get watered down, and your and your level of competition across the board starts to weaken a little bit, and then you have teams that fall right off the cliff, and they're not good for a long, long time, and that's not good for any market really, but. Um, you know, I, I, I love the parody this year. I, I just think the games have been so exciting right down to the wire. You know, I just I'm looking forward to watching Nathan Rourke again. By the way, Chris Jones said to me today about Nathan Rourke that he is maybe the most talented kid at his, you know, at his level of uh, experience, just, you know, brand new to the league that he's ever seen coaching in the CFL. That's a big and statement. That included yeah, that includes guys like Ricky Ray and all the other players that, you know, Chris Jones has seen in this time. Yeah, well, that's a big statement. Hey, uh, back to that Winnipeg game, not to beat a dead horse, but this is what happened. This is when you get Winnipeg down, a team like Winnipeg, you got to you got to you got to capitalize. Like Montreal gets an interception, they have a short porch, and then they settle for a chip shot field goal. You're not going to beat the Bombers with field goals. Exactly, and that's and that's the different ways. You know, that's the different ways that when a mistake is made like it does for every team with Winnipeg, the other phase of the game, whether it's defense or special teams, comes in and bails them out or they limit the damage and they don't beat themselves. They don't get penalties. They win the turnover battle. And at the end of the day, they're sort of one possession, like late into the fourth quarter, they're one possession away, either up or down in the score and they make those final two plays because they understand which ones are so important in the sense of urgency. And that, that's when, when we talk about learning how to win, that's kind of learning how to win. It's, it's, it's weird how it sort of clicks in and then you figure it out. I think Taylor Cornelius is getting close by the way. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting matchup on Saturday. you got Nathan Rourke. We know what he can do. He just referenced Chris Jones. Taylor Cornelius, much like Caleb Evans, is slowly getting better. He's slowly figuring it out. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's, you know, he's got a guy like Manny Arsenal who's mm-hmm. right there with him and helping him in, in that regard. And Manny told me a story today even that Taylor Cornelius so far has not um, you know, had the final breakdown in practice. You know how you get together as an offense yep. or defense and, and you break it down. Okay, whose turn is it to say something that will resonate with his teammates until the next practice? And I, I guess Taylor Cornelius, just by coincidence, because there's other veterans in the lineup, uh, hasn't done that yet. So Manny walked up to him and said, hey, why don't you break the team down? And he goes, well, I'm not sure, Manny. I mean, you, you guys are the vets, and you go ahead. And, and Manny kind of turned to him and said, look, you're, the, you're our guy. We believe in you. you got to take the team. This is your huddle. Let's go. And he stepped in there, and he did it with confidence. So, again, these little steps, I mean, that may sound like a trivial type of thing, but they're important. They're always important because they're one little step in building that culture. Yeah. The other game that's going to be interesting for me is, um, I mean, Hamilton-Toronto, that's a, always a great battle. Uh, we talked about this uh, earlier this week when you were on, how the schedule's kind of, the way they got it set it up, we're both not real fans of it because they're going to play like four of the next six games against each other, something ridiculous like that. But this Ottawa-Calgary game, Calgary comes in with some adversity on a short week themselves, no Kadeem Carey, I think Roberson's out, even the coach didn't make the flight because of COVID against Ottawa, which came up with a, kind of a, 
I guess you could say, a relief with a big victory over uh, Toronto. So that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, Mark Killam will, will actually have to take over. Apparently that's the plan, and take over as sort of an interim head coach for that game if Dave Dickinson can't get there. He's going through the protocols right now. But it will be an interesting game. And, yeah, Roberson hurts. I mean, he's the lockdown guy. Um, you know, Sean McEwen. I mean, those these are the, – the riders know all too well uh, how difficult it is to replace the guy who's making the calls and the protect, protections up front, mm-hmm. and that's the center. Because they're on number three, or were last week, or, you know, before the bye. So, um, yeah, I, I – uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, again – you know, the Bombers just get Jackson Jeffcoat back. They didn't have Greg Ellingson or Jeffcoat last in their last game. And they went out and found a way. So you've got to continue to do that. Well, BC are, are checked that Montreal with a nice pass rush. Uh, knocked the ball out of Kolaris' hands, but uh, they were offside. Uh, that's another thing. If you're going to can't take penalties, that's uh, going to be an interesting watch. Glenn, thanks for this. We'll be watching your game on Saturday. The, uh, the uh, Riders' next opponents, the Elks, against the BC Lions. Take care, my friend. Okay, thanks. Take care, Baldy. Yeah, that's a Glenn Suter in press coverage. When we come back, we'll hear from Ryan Murray, who brought the Stanley Cup home today to White City. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 5.50 with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Give them a call at 781-2090. Week 9 in the CFL is underway. Winnipeg taking on the Montreal Alouettes. And Montreal has a 3 to nothing lead early in the first quarter or about midway through the first quarter. Zach Kolaris already has an interception he threw one on the first drive of the football game. NFL preseason kicks off tonight. The annual Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Las Vegas Raiders. That's a 6 p.m. kickoff. So in about uh, 9, 10 minutes time or so on NBC. And some Major League Baseball news today. The Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals are set to play a two-game series in London, England in June of 2023. The clubs were supposed to play in London back in 2020, but of course that was uh, postponed due to the pandemic. And uh, Kalaros goes down in the sack. Murray got to him, so the Bombers will have to punt that away to Montreal. 3 nothing. Ballsy's bets looking good right now. Yeah. Picking Montreal. Pick Montreal, Ottawa, Hamilton, and BC this week. Would you say I'm on the right track? I think it looks like you might have... Uh... Caught some lightning in the bottle well, or something. I mean, we're only seven <laughs> minutes in, man. By the way, speaking of the Raiders, you can watch the Raiders not in crappy preseason against the Jags. You can watch them in Thursday night primetime, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night. Sunday, Miami against the Chargers, both at the beautiful state-of-the-art SoFi Stadium. At the Honda Center earlier in the week, you can watch the Ducks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Canes are going to be good this year. Ducks at the Sharks later in the week. And uh, you can do all of that. Fly to Los Angeles. Stay at the Comfort Inn at Huntington Beach, California. Beautiful. From December 5th through the 12th, transportation to and from the hotel and games is included. A daily breakfast and a group party with uh, Ballsy and friends. And our friends are CAA. Um, 
He's the Saskatchewan GM of travel, Terry Kazis. You can get a hold of him at CAA, Regina, and Saskatoon. It's $2,499 taxes in double occupancy, based on double occupancy. Come hang out with us in the sun. Sun and sports doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Unless you're Ryan Murray and you win a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche and you get to bring the cup home. He did today to the Communiplex rink there in White City, that blue rink just off the highway. They played a couple of rec games there and he was there for uh, picture taking and everything like that but he caught up with his buddy our producer Sean Kleisinger here's their conversation Stanley Cup champion of the Colorado Avalanche Ryan Murray with me now uh, Ryan let's go on a journey here let's paint a picture and put our uh, imagination caps on for a second okay let's uh, go back to say 2001 you are a eight-year-old Ryan Murray who just uh, watched Joe Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. Now that little Ryan is watching Sackick skating around with the cup above his head. Now imagine what that eight-year-old Ryan would think and feel if he knew that uh, that would be him someday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, cool, it's a cool thing, obviously. Um, and I do remember that, you know, those moments and having, you know, Joe in the room and stuff is pretty cool, just yeah. having him around. He's such a legend of the game. And, um yeah, I mean, it's just you never really think you're gonna you're gonna ever you know win it or be on a team that wins it. It's just such a strange, you know. It's yeah. really cool, and you just feel blessed, and, and you're you're pretty humbled by it because you know so many so many great players never get the opportunity to win it. So it's it's pretty humbling to be able to uh, to be that lucky. And when the moment happened in real life, you know, you hoist Lord Stanley, the parting takes place, the champagne is popped. But uh, then the dust settles a bit, and you get a chance to kind of sit back and reflect for a few minutes. Can you take us into the mind of Ryan Murray in that moment? What kind of things are you thinking about? Is it just business as usual, or is there any type of emotion that you felt? Uh, I don't know. It was just like... Kind of surreal type know, thing. Just, yeah, it's surreal. It's just like, I don't know if your emotions have time to catch up to the moment yeah. sometimes. It was just a very, uh, yeah, surreal moment, and um, you know, being able to to hang out with all the guys after and just and being in the locker room and everything, you know, you always kind of wonder what it's like and just to be able to experience it is just such a, you know, such a blessed thing. So was that thing heavy when you lifted it above your head or what? I mean, I call it that thing, Lord Stanley. Was Lord Stanley heavy when you finally got to hoist it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's actually, I don't know how, like, it's pretty strong. I don't, yeah. you kind of feel like it's going to break because it's so big and so wide and heavy and you're like, is this thing going to hold up? But it. It does time and time again. So, but it's uh, yeah, it's a lot heavier than you think. And uh, the bottom of it, I saw, was uh, uh, damaged a bit. Took a bit of a tumble prior to the team picture. There is Lord Stanley doing okay. They do some maintenance on it every night. I hear. Oh yeah, they got her tuned up. They uh, they keep a close eye on it, and um, I think that was just the uh, it was just the bottom part. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. it was the battle or anything. So that was good, but. Uh, yeah, they keep a pretty close eye on it, and if anything kind of goes goes sideways on that thing, they take and get it repaired right away. So, yeah. Now today is the day you get to share the Stanley Cup with the community out in the uh, the White City Rink, a rink where you grew up playing, and it's like a it's like a fairy tale in my mind. It turned into a reality. It's just really cool. I mean, how cool is this going to be to share this moment today with your family and your friends and your fans too? Yeah, just looking forward to that a lot. Uh, you know, we're going to have some family time and then, uh, you know, go over there and, 
and be able to share it with the community and all the kids and everything and just just so that they can even just see it touch it and take a picture with it do whatever and um you know to have it that close and especially in in Saski, like you don't have to go all the way to the hall of fame or whatever it's right here at everyone's hometown rink and i think that's you know i think that's special for everybody that lives out here hey thanks for your time today my friend and uh i'm just saying i would love to see you in a montreal canadians jersey this coming year so (laughs) just keep an open heart open mind on that one and uh we'll talk to you soon enjoy the day all right thanks Kleiser. all right that's sean that's Kleiser. Kleiser with Ryan Murray. A <laughs> couple of buddies are a good interview by Sean Kleisinger. All right, when we come back on the other side, we have a Rash Madani and other coast to coast, and we'll hear from Dwayne Mason, running backs coach for the U of R Rams, but he was also the U18 Team Saskatchewan head coach who won the third straight championship in that tourney. We'll be back in a moment. Sportscage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRN. All right, Arash Madani back for another Coast to Coast segment. We didn't get into this much the last time we talked yesterday. The Blue Jays added a couple of bullpen arms at the trade deadline. And Mitch White, is that enough? Palsy, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, look at how, look at what's happened elsewhere in the American League. Okay, Seattle goes out and gets a lot better. They had Luis Castillo, probably the best starting arm available at the deadline. New York goes and upgrades their starting rotation, upgrades their bullpen with Montaz and Trevino from from Oakland. Their Astros got a lot better. Minnesota got a lot better. The Blue Jays kind of just stood pat at a time where, I mean, they lost Hunjin Ryu, what, Ballsy, what, almost two months ago? Right. They never never replaced him. So it's like they're kind of hanging around and see there contenders and believe they can win but they're not showing it with the moves they're making or not making for that matter why didn't they go for it like uh like the padres did with soto and drury and hater and that type of thing i mean look at the names you just brought up hater and soto i mean like those are those are massive names Uh, i mean look i don't know i don't know do they believe that that they are because the yankees are running away with it that they're they're not a real October contender, that the Astros are that much better than them? Were they that reluctant to part ways with prospects in their system? The one thing we've learned from this front office over the last few years is they don't view, especially at the deadline, they view every trade in a vacuum. They, they feel that they need to win every trade specifically. And there's sometimes, as an organization, no matter the sport, you kind of got to look around and say, let's just go for it now. This is our time. And I just don't believe that this that this team, well, uh, I mean, the moves are showing that they didn't do it, but, you know, Ross Stripling yesterday goes on the injured list. Right. Also, you had, a, you had an idea that this guy may not be right, and yet you still didn't do more? Uh, it just... It doesn't add up, and it doesn't make sense. Will, uh, you talk about uh, you know uh, going to the uh, discount bin. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. apparently on the verge of being released by the Red Sox or will be released by the Red Sox. Uh, will the Jays take a peek there? That's an interesting one. I spoke with Bradley at the end of April because his name for like two years continued to be linked to the Blue Jays in the offseason. And I just straight up asked him, I said, hey, like you're a free agent going into the 2021 season, what was the deal? And he said, we had extensive talks. The talks went down the road. We exchanged numbers. Um, but obviously it didn't come to fruition, and George Springer became a Blue Jay 
from there they went. But there had been interest in the past. Now, remember, the trade deadline has passed, which means Bradley is available until October 5th. He would be ineligible to take part in the postseason. But could Jackie Bradley would Jackie Bradley Jr. be an upgrade somewhere on this roster? Positions 25 and 26, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Is he an upgrade to Bradley Zimmer or Zach Collins? I believe so. You know, Whit Merrifield's going to enter the conversation here, too. So the, the reason why I find Jackie Bradley Jr. intriguing is because the Blue Jays have for a couple of years. Um, I just don't know with the roster construct now um, where that fits. But what have we learned this year, Ballsy, is that George Springer is not going to be 100% the rest of the year. And the one thing that Jackie Bradley Jr., in addition to everything else, but the main thing that Jackie Bradley Jr. can bring them is a little bit of protection in center field. This is Coast to Coast with the Rash Madani. So uh, I know it was the trash throws and all that type of thing, and you know uh, the, the World Series is tainted, but they've proven that they are more than just trash cans and cheating, uh, so far anyway. No question. No question. You know, right now it's Houston and New York as as the top two teams in the American League. And I'm really starting to see Seattle make a push, too. Every time you want to count the Astros out and think to yourself, okay, well, this is the end of that run. They lost Springer. They lost Correa. Uh, you know, Roberto Osuna's not there anymore. They're back for more. And... And eventually, having been stripped of the draft picks they did for the trash can stuff, that's going to come back and bite them, but not yet. They are still very much a contender. And to me, there's, to me, there's New York, Houston, Seattle, and then there's Toronto and Minnesota, and then there's everybody else. Mm. In a goofy nine-team league, you're going to get this in the CFL as we switch gears. The Riders had it earlier this year, Edmonton, then to Montreal. Winnipeg hasn't had a bye yet. Them and Saskatchewan in the last couple of teams to get a bye. Winnipeg will get theirs after this game. They're 8-0, but they went to Calgary, and now they're in Montreal. They get a bit of a boost today because Jeff Coat is back. No Ellingson, though. And then the other intriguing game, too, Ottawa on a short week, albeit from Toronto back home to Ottawa, taking on a Calgary team with injuries and COVID. Their head coach won't be there. Those are two intriguing games to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm... (laughs) I'm very interested in in what we're going to get out of Winnipeg, uh, not just because of the defending champs and not just because they're undefeated, but also because of this moronic schedule, Ballsy. I mean, it may not be as easy as we think, but it can't be this hard. Like, why is Ottawa, uh, you know, a three-win team for the last couple of seasons? Why are they opening up back-to-back with Winnipeg? Why why are four of the next five Argo games against the Ticats? Why is why is Winnipeg going to be in three different time zones in like five days? What are they doing? Like is there is there nobody to step in here and just kind of look at this thing and say, oh, no, 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 all the conversation about player safety is paramount to us? Well, nobody worth their salt would sign off on the schedule saying player safety is is being adhered to if this is how they're going about it. So, you know, you can't have it both ways, and yet the CFL seems to want to. But that, that to me, is just 
more incompetence than anything in, in how the schedule is being built. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the schedule either. And lastly, Arash, uh, NFL exhibition games getting underway today. It's a Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame game, the Jags against the Raiders. What are a couple of storylines you're watching here as the preseason gets going? Well, let's just look at that game to start, Ballsy. I mean, here you have Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, and the second head coach in as many years. How is Trevor Lawrence going to adapt to Doug Peterson and a new offense and a new system and all those things? That's a big one for me. Uh, I think the Raiders have a chance to be really good. You know, they, they got hot last year at the end of the regular season, and they bring Derek Carr back. They've upgraded their defense. They bring in the best receiver in football, not named Cooper Cup with Devontae Adams in the mix now. I just I look at those two teams, for instance, and say, okay, you know, what are, what are they going to be about? The other one that I find very intriguing is Indianapolis. You're saying, well, why the Colts? Well, Matt Ryan. The Colts have, Matt Ryan. So, <laughs> to me, Matt Ryan's career is so intriguing because if – a running back had made a block. If Edelman hadn't made the catch, if Kyle Shanahan had called one more run play, if the sequence of events didn't unfold at 28-3 to in the Super Bowl, how different are we talking about Matt Ryan and his status and his relevance and his importance in professional football? But he's not a Super Bowl champion because of the greatest comeback ever and because of, like, a number of things that all happened in succession. Like, you know, the Patriots hit a 16-game parlay. It just never happens. So I'm really intrigued because I still think Matt Ryan has a lot of good football left in him, a lot of good football left in him. And that's something the Colts haven't had at the most important position for quite some time. Yeah, okay. And lastly, my friend, I agree with you there. M- lastly, my friend, actually, though, I- I'm going to kind of disagree. I think Phillip Rivers gave him a pretty good uh, performance at quarterback. The other areas of the team let them down. He didn't cost them That's in fair. that playoff game to Buffalo. He was pretty confident. Uh, uh, he's not uh, maybe a of Matt Ryan stature right now because he was older. He was a 40-year-old when he went to Indy. But, yeah, I think uh, now it's time for everybody else to rise to the occasion and help Matt Ryan get over the top now lastly what happened in Miami's interesting in this sense you know it wasn't proven wink wink but tanking for a top pick they could get rid of that very easily in the NFL and make some money I've said this for a long time why don't they yeah. have the number the the worst team and the second worst team play the draft bowl and the winner gets the uh, the 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 top pick and the loser gets the second pick and that way there's no tanking per se you know what I mean like I don't I, I do know what you mean I mean look if you really want to remove tanking yeah. um, put a lottery system in place and that will. That will go a long way. Yeah, but way. here, but here, yeah. Arash, but here, Arash, you could play this this loser bowl in the week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. You could maximize it money wise. You could give the teams, the players, because they got to get some money. You, that could be like a quote unquote fake playoff game, and it's for the big prize, the number one pick. I love it. I think that's very interesting. Hey, look, that's a way. If you want to get players incentivized. Put an extra game check in front of them. Yeah. 
Ben, Ben suddenly they, they'd be a lot more interested. I hadn't even thought about a system like that, Ballsy. I'd, I'd give that some thought. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the, make money and have, there's a dead week there. The Pro Bowl sucks anyway. Let's do it that yeah. way. That's what I think anyway. Anyway, man, I got to go. Thanks for your time, man. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, okay? Always good, Ballsy. You too. Brought to you by our friends at spreads.ca. You can sign up using the code CKRM. They'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. I picked the Alouettes to win this game. They're playing great defense. They're up 3 0. They have a third and two at the Winnipeg, whatever, four yard line. And they throw to the end zone. And Gino Lewis makes a great catch, but he's four yards out of bounds. So the Bombers get the ball back. And you know what's going to happen here. Montreal's just not going to. Find, they'll find a way to lose. They just won't get it done. Oh, ballsy. Yeah, we'll see, man. I have no I, I, faith I, I, in my pick I'm now. I'm pulling for you, man. I hate but, Winnipeg. Uh, I hate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, I know, man. Anyways, let's head out in the Western Pizza they Hotline. Suck. Yeah, they suck. Horrible <laughs> they're, football They're eating no, a horrible <laughs> franchise. When will they ever be good again? Uh, we'll be uh, seeing them in a few weeks' time, and then we'll see how good they are in person. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to our friend Dwayne Mason, running backs coach for the University of Regina Rams. Do you hate the Bombers, Mason? Uh, I don't really hate anybody. I, I, I kind of wish the Bombers might have kept Kyle Boris around a little bit. Uh, I thought he had a real nice preseason for him, and, and kind of inexplicably they they released him. But uh, it's pretty hard to hate anybody in the CFL. You know, they're, they're the only game we have in Canada. So. No, I hate him because they got rid of Borsa. That's another reason I hate him. Thanks for reminding me. I only like, really, there's only two people on the Bombers I like, uh, Richie Hall and Patrick Newfeld. Other than that, there's nobody else I like on the ball. Like, Robbie Lowe's isn't there anymore. Boris is not there. Can't think of anybody else. I, there's, can you zinger? There's no uh, other. There's, nobody, there's no good individuals. No, there's no ugly colors. It's a terrible. What a friend. They should fold that franchise. They've never done anything recently. No, Bumps. nothing. Anyway. When was the last time they won a yeah, cup? Speaking anyways. of dynasties. <laughs> speaking of dynasties, how about the U18 team winning their third championship in a row? Tell us how that week went, coach. Uh, it was a, yeah, it went well. Obviously, we didn't really know what we had going into it uh, with the layoff because of COVID. Um, you know, Football Canada airing on the side of caution took the full two years off and uh, got back into it in Kelowna a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, we didn't really know what we had going into it through the tryout process. Uh, it was becoming pretty apparent that we had a, a pretty stellar defense. Uh, you know, our offense had a lot of trouble moving the ball against them at, at our tryout. Uh, camps and we got to the tournament and the defense was really you know quite outstanding the whole time and I think they only gave up about 15 points or something and uh, one of those touchdowns I kind of you know sort of instruct didn't instruct but I consulted with the defense coordinator and I said like it's okay if you let Ontario score here uh, towards the end of the game but make them you know use seven or eight minutes off the clock and, and make them drive the whole field and so I'll, I'll kind of take a little bit of responsibility for that one. We maybe weren't as aggressive as, as we had been the rest of the tournament. But at the time, it made sense. Uh, we had that game in hand. We just needed to kind of run the clock out. And, and defense won the tournament for us, no doubt in my mind. President of Football Canada, Jim Mullins, said he really likes what Saskatchewan's done here with the culture and how the kids act and how the coaches act and how you are on the field. Uh, you'd obviously agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a big uh, that's a big compliment to hear from anybody, and and we really preach it to the players, and we preach culture to the players, and we tell players that's how we're going to win is with Saskatchewan advantage, and if we can get the players to buy in and and sort of do what we ask them to do, we think we're going to have 
success, you know, and, and obviously winning the tournament is, is hard. It's not as easy as just saying, hey, if we go to the mess hall, uh, we're going to take our hats off. We're going to wear shoes. We're going to say thank you to everybody. We're going to push our chairs in after we're done eating, and, and we're going to clean up any food that happens to spill off the plate. I mean, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But uh, I, I think it does give us a bit of a leg up um, where we really preach team and, and we preach, you know, it's not about the individual. It's not about going down there to get you recruited or, or for you to get your touches or get your tackles. or And, and we just try and explain to them that if, if you're – if you're doing this just to get recruited or just to get a, a statement on your Instagram account, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. And, and you know, it goes without saying it is noticed by everybody there about the behavior of our, our the young men here. And, and I think the young players in Saskatchewan, uh, for the most part, are fairly respectful anyway. So we just sort of, uh, you know, try and try and just bring a little extra out of them. Uh, Dwayne Mason joining us here, the running backs coach for the U of R Rams, was the head coach of the U18 team Saskatchewan squad that won their third straight championship. We got a football uh, weekend in Saskatchewan coming up September, September 16th. The Winnipeg, or the, uh, sorry, the, uh, I'm watching the Bomber game here. Uh, the uh, Edmonton Elks take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Then we got the Thunder and the Hilltops, and we've got the. Uh, the uh, Regina Rams and the U of S Huskies are going at it. Uh, man, that's great. It's it's so great to promote uh, amateur football. You were just there in terms of uh, the talent we got. Just fill the people in on what they'll see when they come watch those two games. Yeah, I think both the, the Thunder game and, and the you know our game, the Ram game, are going to be great games to showcase local talent. And, you know, the U of S Huskies, they're, they're stock full of, of Saskatchewan athletes and I think they're going to see a, a really well-played game. Both games are going to be well-played. And, uh, you know, I anticipate the Rams game will be a close game, uh, probably coming down to the wire, and, and hopefully we can come out on top. But, but really the idea behind it is uh, we want to foster some competition with our rivals, and, and we'd like to come out on top, but we'd like everybody to come out and enjoy the game and, you know, kind of really enjoy what we're trying to build here in the province. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and you mentioned Kyle Borsa earlier in this interview. Do you know if he's coming back to play? Because he does have eligibility left. Is he going to come back and be in your backfield this year? Yeah, he's coming back to play. He's got a little bit of school to finish off, which you know is super important. Uh, Kyle's going to be a teacher. He's going to do a good job doing that, and he's probably going to get into coaching and you know things like that down the road. Uh, he's been out at our workouts, and I was actually talking with him a little bit last night, and he's looking forward to the season and. Uh, you know, he just wants to get going and play football again. It's a game he loves, and uh, his attitude has been great. You know, you see sometimes when, when it doesn't work out for a young guy uh, at the professional level, sometimes, you know, they come back and they're either a little bit jaded or or they're not as happy as they could or should be. And Kyle's been great throughout it all, and he's looking forward to playing again. He just wants to have a successful season and, and go from there. And I'm looking forward to seeing Kyle play, and more importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing him get his degree and, and move on in life. Besides Borsa, what's your backfield look like? Uh, backfield looks really good. It's probably as strong as it's been for a few years. Uh, you know, since maybe we had Atley and, and Kyle in the backfield together. And uh, we we brought in a young guy from uh, Quebec from a CJEP school. Uh, his name's Olivier Savard. And looking forward to seeing what he can do. He was here in the winter. He came in January to get acclimated a little bit to school and, and get an early start on, on learning the playbook and things like that. And then... You know, we also have returning player Jace Easton, uh, who played on a lot of special teams for us last year, and he's had a nice comeback. Uh, tore his knee up a couple of years ago, and he's looking really good. And then, you know, Christian Katende, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, has had a real nice off season as well, and and he's doing a really solid job for us. So I think we have, you know, four guys that can play, that can contribute, and you know we have a great young recruit in Marshall Erickson, and and we'll just sort of see where he fits in and and kind of what what plays out for him this year. Well, we know football is predicated on health, especially when you're an undergraduate at a university like the U of R, where you you know kids just don't come here uh, as readily as other schools because you just don't have what they need in terms of programming but uh, you guys do have a collection a great collection of athletes like I think obviously the U of S Huskies are the team to beat in the Can West but you're right there I think the Rams are going to give the Huskies a push if he can stay healthy especially along that offensive line yeah I, I agree 100% you know uh, most teams you can always sort of say are only going to go as far as their offensive and defensive lines are going to take them and it sounds cliche but it's very true and last year we ran into a little bit of injury problem up front and uh, all of a sudden you got some guys playing there who, who maybe weren't quite ready to go or, or just a little bit younger and don't have quite the experience yet. And and we see a lot of different defenses in Can West. And, you know, we're really hoping that, that our O-line will stay healthy and we get some continuity and they can get used to playing together and string together a, a series of games where, where we have that kind of continuity out the O-line, that would sure help. Dwayne. Can West going to be really close this year. So every game means something. And, Got to get off to a hot start. Yeah, it'd be great. That game coming up here, uh, 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 September the 17th, you got Borsa, you and China, you got Nias, you got Donnelly. I mean, there's some great receivers on both sides, good defense, good coaching. That's going to be a great game along with the uh, Thunder and the Hilltops. Thanks for your time, man. Congratulations on the U18 championship. And the damn Bombers just scored a touchdown. That's shown, kids. So Winnipeg's winning again. Do you think Winnipeg's going to go undefeated this year? Uh, I, no. Thanks for having me, by the way, but no, Winnipeg will not go undefeated. I don't think so either. What do you think? I think the Riders are going to get the crossover and play in their own Grey Cup. Do you agree? Uh, the crossover would probably be really good for the Riders right now. <laughs> I think the Riders need to get healthy, and then if they can cross over, they can beat anybody. I well, think. you've been around long enough. Fans are panicking now. People are texting me. Coaching change. Do we like it's four and four? We're eight games in. Like I'm not panicking. This team does have the ingredients. I think they just got to shore up that old line. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think actually their coaching is doing a nice job of it. Uh, you know, they need to get the quarterback healthy, and that's a good time right now with the bye week, and he gets a little extra time off. And, and I think the O-line, they're in a similar boat. They just got to sort of sort it out and, and get together, get healthy, and get playing well. And, you know, I think they have the receiving core to do a lot of damage, and their defense has already proven that they're pretty good. So it's, it's an exciting time to be a, a Ryder fan, and hopefully the fans will give them a chance. Great time to cheer for the other team in green, too, the Rams. Thanks for your time, Dwayne. I'll let you go. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Have a good one. You, too. That'll do it for the end of this show. Uh, brought to you by Spreads.ca. If you missed any of it, check it out in podcast form. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week of Sports Talk in Saskatchewan, your number one show for Sports Talk in the province is the Sports Cage. For my producer, Sean Kleisinger, I'm Michael Ball saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.